You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Hello and welcome, Hollis Thomas. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Fantastic. Rockstar status. Thank you so much for joining the Playing With Balls podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. You know you're my first eagle. Oh, really? You're not my first NFL player, but you're my first eagle, so I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, and um, I usually like to start off talking about how we first met. And you and I first met not that long ago. I think it was in October when I was in the uh, 94 WIP Sports Radio uh, studios and we met like so early I and I'm not a morning person so I, I blacked out basically really? during that conversation <laughs> I saw you, you in were, the tasty cakes and I was like it's gonna be a good day well, well you were acting a bit coy but you, you got over that I I, uh, I what would you say you were acting a bit coy but you got over that oh yeah 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 well and I was with Eleanor so Eleanor always you know She's uh she's my comedian counterpart and I'm lucky to perform with her a lot in Philly. But yeah, I was there for that weird, that really weird uh and I only say weird because I had never heard it before and I had to stand next to that guy, remember, when they were doing that eating contest? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't eat for two days after that. It was so disgusting. Well, see, well the the weird thing was uh, there were actually if you found uh somebody attractive who you, I guess you work with and it's kind of it, it is, and the weird thing is is you never looked at that person like that because I, I don't know if you looked at him in a sexual way but that's to each his own but <laughs> looked at who the guy that was uh, shoving food down his throat the guy next to me oh you talk, oh is that what you're talking I thought you were talking about when they when they made you uh, made uh, Conklin do the different voices oh oh, oh, oh yeah 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 well that uh, was uh, that was fun too well, the, the the guy shoving stuff out, yeah, that was fairly disgusting. I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> I kept I kept I kept turning away because that, that's the thing that lead, leads up to Wing Bowl. I don't know know if you ever ever ventured to Wing Bowl. This one was one of the less less uh, triple. It, was, it took an X off. It's normally it's normally triple X rated. It was only X, double X rated this time. Triple X rated at the Wing Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but it's normally it's normally triple X rated. It was only double X rated this time. What? Why? It's what? Is there like? Is there like what I I don't know why I know that there's like some sort of stripper affiliation, um, but yeah, I'm a little bit of a fish out of water with this whole thing, so you'll have to explain it to me. Well, I will enlighten you. I have to show you some pictures one day too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, are they going to be uh, X-rated? Well, they, because I don't know. I don't know how. Well, the X-rated part—it's just—it's just nudity. That's all. That's why it's like. <laughs> Oh, okay, a lot of, a little it, was, it was a lot less nudity this time because I guess more more so because they they, they branded it as a as a prep rally. Oh, okay. And now, do we have to have less nudity now that the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Is that like a thing now, or no? That doesn't matter. No, no, no. It was they had to, they had to, (laughs) (laughs) they had to, they had to, they had to to less sex it up so it'd be more like a prep rally because they knew all eyes was going to be on that on that particular event. That makes sense. Huh? That makes sense. Less nudity, um, you know, is always uh, probably something that's good to tone it down a little if that's what you have to do. You know, it just depends uh, what your it, goals well, are. See, <laughs> well, see, the, wait a minute. You say what? I said it depends what your goals are. Oh, uh, no. Well, the goal was, I guess, to uh, donate money to, to the first responders. Uh, oh, that's a good we cause. Were, yeah, they they donated. We ended up donating fifty grand to the first responders. And the the show sells out every year, but it's mainly because of how, of how raunchy it is, and you know, 
That, okay, one year they had a, a bull from the bull from uh, from Xfinity Live, and they had the ladies who ride the bull, and that was in the middle of the arena while the eating was going on. And plus, they had the had the wingettes who were who were some of them were, were nice looking this year compared to other years. Okay. It was a be- it's a be- it was a better crop in quality because normally you get like a couple of girls who talk about how sexy they are, and I'm I'm and I'm just like I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> You're speechless. <laughs> you don't know how to feel about it. Well, okay, I so, don't know how to feel about it because it's like uh, it was like they're, they're like I'm sexy. I was like in what in what realm? <laughs> well, I mean, usually here's how I feel about it, Hollis. If you have to tell someone you're sexy, it's like it's like maybe. Um, you know, maybe it's because it's not already assumed, you know, mm-hmm. meaning um, maybe you're really not. It's like me. It's like me telling someone I'm a good friend, but they mm-hmm. but but they should be telling me that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of, kind of like when a girl says, I'm a nice girl. I don't know why I don't have a boyfriend. I'm a nice person. Apparently, you're not as nice as you think you are. It's probably because she's a raging lunatic. That's what that means. Yeah. So yeah. for all the people listening, we're talking about the wing bowl because not everybody is familiar with it. And it's the biggest, it's a big deal in Philly um, every year. And the, I kind of what got... I got I kind of was there in the middle of that and I remember because I was promoting some comedy shows and was fortunate to be on um, the morning show with Angelo uh, and as a guest and um, you know it was really cool but I I because I have lived in uh, on the West Coast for so long, even though I'm from that area, I don't. Really, mm-hmm. I wasn't really familiar with the Wing Bowl, and I remember I was driving to the studio and I was listening to the first part of the morning show because um, we weren't there for the whole thing. And I, there was this whole crazy thing with a guy shoving a mm-hmm. cannoli in his mouth, and his eyes were turning red. And I'm thinking, what yeah, the yeah. hell <laughs> am I <laughs> doing? Where am I What's going? Well, say just remember, I, that was uh, I think that that was I've been with them since Wing Bowl. That was Wing Bowl twenty six. I've been with them since Wing Bowl nineteen. Oh, so, so you've been there. Like, so, you've seen so it the all. First few times, like, well, the first few times I did the very first, I think the fir- first one that they had uh, a sellout where they had the uh, star seller ticket w- tickets was when uh when I was playing with the Eagles and we went to the Super Bowl, and I guess it was jam packed. I didn't I didn't know what it was then. <laughs> And you quickly then, learned later, but it's kind of like a, a culty thing, it, you know. Right? A lot of people in Philly, um, I didn't realize how big it was until I was talking to Ava, you know, Ava Graham there, um, yeah. and she was saying, "Oh, Shan, this is huge," and yeah. I'm like, "Well, I should know about this." So I'm thank you for the you know five minute education. But anyways, that's how I met you, and I almost threw up in my mouth <laughs> because of the guy that had to eat a Wawa hoagie with like beans in it, and I have. You know, it was just too early for that. I wasn't prepared, but I, uh, yeah. I, you know, I got through it. I made it through. So, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. And then, and then you made your move. I made my move. Yep, I made yeah. my move. And I, you know what? I stole all your tasty cakes because there was this amazing tasty cake thing in the, you know, in the lobby, and we don't get them out oh, here yeah. on the West Coast. And so. I know. I took all of them home, so that was exciting for my, my me and my family. <laughs> but no, that but was it, that was fun. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So I always get the tasty cakes. I was actually, actually eating one before you call. Oh, See, the, honey, I'm the, 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 the honey bun without with the natural glaze on it. Not the Ooh, not the one with the uh, icing that looked like uh, looked like the oatmeal cookie with icing on it. <laughs> that that one is really good. I ate three of those because I. I stole three of those. My favorite are the the just the coffee cakes. I really like those. Uh, yeah, those but are delicious. My mom just sent me some, but but the problem is is that 
I know my mom is very thrifty, so I know mm-hmm. that they were from like the dollar store. Like I know they weren't from ah, the grocery they, store. They, 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 they taste stale and smashed. Where the dates are, the dates are wrong. But if you if you buy them, you eat them as soon as you buy them because if you let them last any longer, it's really bad. Yes, those. But <laughs> I but but you know beggars can't be choosers, and I'm sitting there looking at two packages of them, and I'm just eating them anyway, and I ate like two packages in a week, and so I'm gonna ask her not to send me any more tasty cakes but um (laughs) no that was a fun experience and um like i was saying to you before the podcast i'm super excited because you know obviously the playing with balls podcast has a philly-esque tone to it meaning everything that we've done in the last uh three months especially uh has been philly and you're my first eagle so yeah so i'm honored to have you as my very first eagle on the podcast um and you you were you played for the team you were with the team for 10 years huh yep i was undrafted also undrafted on the team for 10 years now i read uh, i read a cool story about you i mean i only read half because i have a little bit of add but i also <laughs> wanted you to tell the rest on the podcast um, <laughs> okay as an undrafted free agent it was like 96 you went to northern illinois correct correct Mendo. Um, i read that you sort of you sort of did something cool, uh, maybe a little bit unique, and sort of like muscled your way into the NFL. Would you agree with that? I, I did, that's not what it said. Nah, that's just what, my opinion. What I did was, what I did was, I was from a, um, I was from a Division One school, but it wasn't a big time. They weren't big time in football. So um, me and my agent got together, and uh, we got my got me got me a highlight reel. Now back at this time, there was VHS. I don't know if any of the kids know what VHS is. That's a video. I had them when I was little. <laughs> You, you have a you have VHS you have VHS. I did tape? no, I do not now. No, I did when I was yeah. little, when I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So they had the VHS tape. So my my agent at the time, he took and uh, took a copy of I got the uh, I got the uh, the video audio visual department of the uh, of Northern Illinois to uh, compile compile me a, ta- a tape with some with some tight music to it. It's um it was uh the music was it's right there. It's um it's um. How Could I Move the Crowd by uh, Eric B. Rakim, and I Ain't No Joke, and Can I Get Down by Craig Mack. Ooh, I like that. I Ain't No Joke, like you're telling yeah. them, because, you know, you had to work probably a little bit harder because maybe your school was a little bit smaller. and But, you know, what I like about that is that reels are a big thing now, obviously. Like, even me as a comedian, like, I need to have a reel for everything I do. Mm-hmm. But back then, that wasn't really a thing, and you kind of, like – pioneered that i feel like I, I i don't really i've never really heard that before you know as well see, well, see and the, the funny thing is that a lot of people want to want to see my want to see my my tape too because i did the the thing that kind of well is I, I owe it to uh do the the guy audio vision guy brad hoy brad hoy out of northern illinois he um what we did was we took the you know like back then we went on tv all the time yeah like, but we had like a TV broadcast that was in the that was local in Decab, Illinois. You know, you know Cindy Crawford's from Decab, don't you? I did not know that. You know, learn something every day. Ooh. He probably wasn't there when I was there, but in any event, well, he, you know. what, what he did was he took the um, he took the TV copies of the of like a lot of my plays, which made it easier to see and made it easier to know who I was. And in the background of my music playing, you were here. Our announcer saying my name. That's awesome. So you got to use that in yeah. the real. So it was like it was, it was real cool. It was, they they made me pay for it because they they was like 
somebody asked me one day that I, I owed Northern Illinois a lot for making that tape for me. I was like, hell no, I paid for that tape. <laughs> Cash money. That's yeah, that's yours. So, so you got that made. That was kind of revolutionary for the time. And then, and then, what was the response like? Be, also, because other you know teams weren't really receiving footage like that. I imagine to from from players trying to get into the NFL. So, how did that whole thing kind of play out? Well, the, the thing was, uh, I was. It was. It's one of those things where um, I was getting calls on the on the first day and the second day. So I got I got one call on the first day of the draft, and it was like uh, kind of like hang loose and blah, but it was just it was just like one of the calls to see to see if any other teams had called me. And then uh, then then the next day I was getting a couple of calls on the second day of the draft. I was getting a couple of calls during the draft, and the uh, uh, the Eagles had called me in a couple of rounds because one of the guy one of the guys was fighting for me to get drafted drafted there they, well, the thing is they try to get you for as cheap as possible yeah and yeah I, and they, that they, i know yeah it's, it's, there's an immense amount of lying to uh to young people during the draft is a lot of people don't know that so it's like we were trying to get you to know you had a pick if you were trying to give me you would have gotten so yeah it's a business uh, at the end of the day yeah so what ended up happening was um the denver denver had their seventh pick on they was in the seventh round their seventh round pick was on the board, and it's like uh, current selection is in. So my phone, my cell phone ring, um, and I pick up the phone and it's Denver. And so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like anxious and and like waiting on them to say that we just drafted you. So I'm looking at the screen and they say drafted punter out of Wyoming, uh, <laughs> last name Ruin. And so the dude was like, well, the draft is over. Would you consider coming here as as undrafted free agent? And I don't know if this is PG, but I, I, I would. I, I would. You want to know, huh? It's not. Okay. Well, I, I said motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, he was like, would you consider? I was like, I was like, yeah, I would consider. So in in that instance, um, I hung up the phone with him, and so my phone about two before I could say anything to my parents because my parents were there too. Uh, the phone rang again, and it was the Philadelphia Eagles. It was the uh, it was the scouting department, and then so he was like he had somebody that wanted to talk to me, and it was actually the head the head coach who at the time was Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes, yeah. And so he was he was telling me, you know, he wanted you know he wanted me to come come to camp. What I can sit, I was like, let me talk to my parents because Denver's also called. So in the midst of hanging up with him, Carolina Panthers call, and then when Carolina when I hung up with Carolina, the New York Jets called. So I got all these all these people calling and pulling and tugging. So uh, the Eagles called back. The Eagles called back with the, uh, with the with the defensive coordinator on the phone, who was Emmett Thomas at the time, and a defensive line coach, uh, telling me, you know how you know how great it would be to, to have me here in Philadelphia. So right. I was. So then Ray Rose called me back, and he had left uh, the the war room, and his 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 exact words was, he said, "Hey man, don't fuck this up. Come on up here, let us play." <laughs> <laughs> Let come on, so you make you make a squad. You come up here, and so I was like, uh, I was like, give me, a, I said, like, give me a few. I said, like, can I have a, uh, about three or four minutes to talk to my parents to see, you know, to get their opinion. Right. So I'm talking to my parents and I'm trying to talk to them. So before in less less than three minutes, the owner of the team, Jeff Lurie, calls back. Wow. So so he calls back and you know they. Was saying that you know he's like they, they you know the, the coaches and coaching staff really they you know they really want you up here they really they feel like you're you're like one of those guys I'm thinking to myself motherfucker if I'm if I was that guy man, you should have drafted me. you should have drafted me but so um so when the owner called my mom my mom and dad was sitting there like 
He's like, he's like, you you got to go to her. He's like, I say, I say, I got one thing to figure out. So I called Ray Rose back. Ray Rose called me back and said, "Actually, what was what was the decision?" So I asked him. I said, uh, "Well, how much how much did you guys want me to weigh?" Because at the time I was three hundred six, and the Denver Broncos wanted me to weigh like two eighty five, which is was horrible to me. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, uh, "He's like, you you find just where you are." He's like, "We might want you to gain ten pounds." I was like, "I'll be I'll be there next week." <laughs> Yes. Well, they really, they sold you. They, um, they sounded like they're the most persistent, you know? Well, and... I, well, I, what I, what I learned, what I learned in it, this was the second time I learned this lesson. You always go, you always go to where they want you the most. Yeah. And the other, other teams, they still had, I was only talking to, I was only talking to, to scouts, to, to scouts, people from the scouting department. So it's like they had, they really had no juice. When I say no juice, they didn't really have the authority to tell me something or give me anything or promise me anything. Right, and here you have the owner calling you, you have the head coach calling you twice, the defensive coordinator. They're saying things like, yeah. don't fuck this up. I mean, they really, yeah. they clearly wanted you. and you. But you know that that's the team that you're going to have the best shot at, you know, to I, I'd mm-hmm. imagine, right? That's the lesson there, right? But yeah, well, that's, well, that was the lesson. That was one of the lessons. And two is like the Eagles had went to the playoffs the year before I came there. And uh, the other the thing, one of my teammates from uh, college, uh, he went to, and he had a chance to go to the Buffalo Bills. Who at that time was, it was that's when they was going to back to back Super Bowls. Oh yeah, the, the Buffalo the, Bills. Those like sort of failed and, dynasties. And he, that were, I hate to say failed dynasty, but that yeah, those yeah. years, yeah. Well, yeah, but but see, he he had a chance to go there or Chicago Bears, who sucked ass at the time. <laughs> he went to the Chicago Bears. And really did get a chance because the Chicago Bears were trying to build a team and build a roster. So he, they're not really looking for guys to, uh, to to build, you know, to uh, to build to become good players. It's like he, that was one thing he showed me. He's like he should have went to, um, he should have went to Buffalo yeah. because they was they would have kept him and taught they taught him how to be an offensive guard and an offensive tackle so he could back so he could back the guys up. That was already they already had their team in place and they because they went to four straight Super Bowls. Yeah. And so that's, any any young rookie who uh, undrafted free agent, I would tell them that you go to a team that's uh, trying to establish trying to establish the rest of their roster so they can teach and have and more players to take over. Yeah, you know that's a great lesson, and I don't want to skip around, but I feel like wouldn't you say that anybody that was in that position going into the franchise this past year? Um, they're in the best position ever, like going to the Eagles, because the Eagles this year were, was a young team, not even projected to go to the Super Bowl. So if you're in that position, but they were, but they showed a lot of promise last year. So if you kind of took a gamble and made the decision that you're talking about to go to the Eagles in twenty seven for the 2017 season, you're sitting pretty now because you're in a team that. Well, well, see, well, see, the Eagles had some undrafted free agents. They had uh, the kid uh, uh, Corey Clement. Yeah. The oh, runner, yeah, runner, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got Jason Peters, who was an offensive tackle, who got ended up getting hurt. He's a, he's a, he was an undrafted free agent, and it was a couple of other undrafted free agents that made the, a couple of receivers made the roster. It was a couple. Well, I, I feel like if you gonna go somewhere, you got to go somewhere where their roster is already established, and they're just looking for kind of role players. Right. And if you show if you show that spark, then you show that spark that you got that spark. You got what it takes to be here. They'll work with you to get you to be a better player. Right. Right, and like look at Clement now. I mean, like best probably best decision of his life, right? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And that, and I know he was he was kind of apprehensive about coming here, but you you had to. It's like he ended up making the best decisions because it was his hometown hometown team. You win a Super Bowl for your hometown team that's never won a Super Bowl before. Right, and that yeah, that on top of it too. Yep. 
Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, there's so many great stories that came out of this year. I mean, of the, the, just the underdog situation and the Clement story is a great story. And uh, and kind of going backwards a little bit to what you were saying, or, or not not going backwards, but um, going back to you playing for the Eagles. What I really and I don't know if you can how you can encapsulate this, but how, mm-hmm. what was it like during? Because you played during a great time. You went to a Super Bowl. You you what ninety six two thousand six. So you were Ray Rhodes, Andy Reid. You got to play with Donovan McNabb like what was it like to play for the Eagles during the time that you did like it just gives me chills thinking about it it was like being a rock star (laughs) (laughs) it really was because it was like the first like when I first got there uh Ray Rose was the coach uh my my rookie year we went to we go to the playoffs right and we're in San Francisco playing against 49ers against Steve Young and like Jerry Jerry Rice is here and I'm like I I played with these guys on video games as a kid yeah. And then we we playing against them, and we get ready to play against them. And guess who sings the national anthem? Who? Jeffrey Osborne, you woo 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 guy. Oh my god! <laughs> so you're just kind so of probably like, as as a that's your first year, right? In the NFL? Yeah, that was my rookie year. That was my first year. So it was like, and then and then we played against uh, the 49ers, who had uh, previously won a won a Super Bowl before. So with Steve Young, so I found out uh, everybody said that Steve Young was scared of me because. Their their center, they uh, we switched our defense to like a a, a makeshift three four, right? And just put me and the the defense coordinator just said, just kick his ass every chance you get, just line up <laughs> over him and just whoop his ass. So I was pretty much just running him over. Unbeknownst to me, the guy had had open heart surgery. Uh, I guess not even less than a year ago. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, I was like, I, when I look back at, it, I was like, man, I was fucking heartless. Yeah. <laughs> well, was, you know what? It's you know what? Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. yeah because well, you played your heart out. No pun intended. Oh um, uh, yeah, but it, <laughs> but it was just funny because it was like. Uh, uh, I was killed a bit in my in my dad. My dad was there. God rest his soul. He was like, uh, he's like, man. He was like, he was killing that dude. He said, you know, you had open heart surgery just last year. I was like, I know now. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. He lined up in front of me. <laughs> but that's you know, that's something you're not supposed to care about, right? And yeah, pray. I often tell people, I was like, these like, uh, they often they often say that that's why people uh, always be kind of sometimes pissed at me because I'm I often I dispel practice because I was like in practice the guys in practice we give a fuck about you if, uh, if, we're, if you're in the game I want to see what you do in a game when nobody gives nobody gives a rat's ass about you you know and I think that's a great way to look at it and I think because you you have to have different things that you can be as good as you know the greatest player ever but you have to have different things that motivate you right and yeah. uh, and that's definitely one of them now is that like are those the types of things that earned you the nickname tank or how did you get that nickname uh only only go forward i don't i don't have a reverse i'm always <laughs> looking to blow, i'm looking to blow things up i'm looking to keep looking to, i don't i don't care about it with that too and i was like i don't it's like i'm always i don't know it's like I'm, I'm always chasing trying to chase people down i'm i'm not always looking for the sack my dad uh, my dad and one of my former coaches always told me players make plays and i was always roll, trying to roll roll to make a big play roll rolling to make a big play well and i mean and so that's how you got the nickname tank yeah, rolling to make a big play. Now, and and uh, I mean, and I, you know, and you're you're, I mean, you played for the Eagles for a long time, and you were known as a major part of our defense. So, I mean, that at the end of the day, that comes down to your work ethic, and that's another thing yeah. that you were known for. And I was oh, yeah. a young I, kid when I watched the Eagles at that time, um, but even that's something I remember. Oh yeah, I was I was always always get the hustle plays. I, I never stopped never stop running at all. Now what? Now what was it like? Like, cause you played 
against so you were in the the Super Bowl the last time we played the Patriots so like did that did that like register anything for you like when you saw us play the Patriots again but this time I, I, I felt like it was I felt when we when I saw us playing them again I felt like it was a uh, if these guys if, if this was a any time it was no time like the present to get that get that bullshit the, the bullshit that they was keep talking about calling calling Bill Belichick Bill Belichick the best coach ever and Tom Fady the uh, <laughs> the great goat. Like it's, this is the best time to let everybody know that they did cheat us then, and and then without cheating, without cheating, because you could tell that they were trying to get that their damnness to cheat to get something going yeah. without cheating. That they would they wouldn't have won as many Super Bowls as they won. It's like if you look at it, they got they the uh, the Spygate thing got stopped after they won their third got started after they won their third Super Bowl. It's like once yeah. they lost, once they once that third Super Bowl came and the Spygate stuff brought up, it took them a while to even win another Super Bowl because if you look at all the Super Bowls that they won, they won by three points or less. Yeah, and and you can't call somebody the goat who wasn't a part of, a part of actually winning. It's like when you look at it, the goat is Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, <laughs> you know he is. The goat is Adam fucking Vinatieri. He's won Super Bowls for them. He won most of their Super Bowls for them. It's like it, and he he got he got the MVPs off some board off some bullshit, and I still somebody actually was he the uh, the, the greatest quarterback ever? I was like hell no, he's a good quarterback, but the yeah. greatest is the greatest is Joe Montana. Oh yeah, go look it up. Yeah, I mean if you, and, and and yeah, and you're right, and I think there's there's there'll be an ongoing debate about that for sure, especially if Tom Brady continues to play. Now I heard something, and I don't know if you heard this, that the, and this could be just like hearsay, but that the Eagles. Uh, like Doug Peterson, like right the day of the Super Bowl or the day before or something, they were somewhere and they mm-hmm. and they did a fake. They, yeah, did, they did a fake walkthrough. A fake, a, walkthrough, a fake walkthrough to yep. report in fake, so they could get false information potentially reported back to the Patriots. Did that really happen? Yeah. Yes, that really happened. You know, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is a lot of people don't know the depths of uh, the depths that that the Patriots go to cheat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm. I was, I've been privy to meet a couple of other coaches that were on their staff who were pissed off because they tried to use those same antics against them, against them, and that's pretty much why they were busted. Yeah, so and you think you go, they used you, that information, that fake walkthrough? They probably did. And then you, did you, did, you know, the telltale sign was when um, when uh, Bill Belichick he came and he hugged Doug Peterson for a long time. He said he was looking for he was looking for tapes from this this past season to where they was behind and he didn't find any. Wow. That's that's crazy. I mean, the, you know, it's like it's like those things are you hear those things. But then because they've won after that, it's like it's like nobody really knows like what's going on. And they don't know like the depth to which like, you know, different things. Well, they were they were the depths of their, of their cheating went went something like this. They were recording. Uh, a lot of people were talking about something that didn't matter. Well, there's a microphone in one defensive player's helmet now because the, the defensive signals used to get used to get sent, used to get signaled in. They were taping the signals and matching them with pictures from the side, the sideline uh, the sideline photocopier. They used to send out pictures of the first two the first two steps of the uh, def- of the defense and offense. Right. They was matching it with those. And they was like, we didn't have time to do that. That's because you had somebody else doing it. And then notice they will make all the all of a sudden at halftime they will have all the damn answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean it makes sense. And then you know after that the whole Deflate Gate thing came out, so it's but, like. But, but before, but see, even before Deflate Gate, they would also try to steal. If, if you were playing in their stadium, they would try to steal one of, one of your uh, one of your game plan books. They would try they would try to tape your walkthroughs. They would try, it was it was all. 
Josh Josh McDaniels got fired in Denver for trying to employ the same tactics in in Denver. He tried to, when they were in uh when they were in London, they tried to take the Forty uh, ers walkthrough. They're like the mafia of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the mafia the mafia rolls a little differently. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're not breaking people's kneecaps or anything, but right. you know, off the field, but they're stealing stuff. They've you know. Definitely, definitely, um, yeah, an interesting strategy with the Patriots. But so, so going back to when you played, like, okay. I, what, what was, were, what would you say is like, there anything different about like the city or the fans than than now? Like, what was it like to play for those fans? Oh, the, fa- the fans back then. Oh man, they, the fans are great, like all all around. But back then, it was like uh, it made the like we. Just, I think I think the link is starting to just get to get to be to where it's intimidating to the opposing team but yeah. the vet the vet to opposing team man the vet was so imposing i used to love the vet man yeah and it's like it was it was so imposing but it, it took it took the link a minute for the for everybody because it was kind of when we first get in there it's kind of uppity it's kind of and they was kind of they kind of didn't let the same uh, caliber of people in there they was kind of like nitpicking people so it's kind of bougie yeah, <laughs> it, it is a little it bougie. It was, and it wasn't Philly, and Philly's not bougie. No. Philly's a, a people type person. It's like it, it was kind of jacked up. It was like you played there, and you you know that it's not. It's like it's like this isn't Philly. What the hell is this crap? <laughs> <laughs> then they tried to put Sylvester. You know when they put Sylvester Stallone on the on a damn walkway over there, and him he's five two. It's like <laughs> standing up there with the Deuce with the Deuce with Deuce Daily jersey on. Yeah, I'm like what the, I'm like what the hell is this? Yeah, you know, um, just some. I saw a meme before the Super Bowl that was like the Eagle, like was like Rocky with like the short little Rocky with like an Eagles jersey on, and then like Tom Brady was the Russian. I actually thought that was kind of accurate, just because he he dresses kind of yeah. like he's an assassin that that doesn't look like he could really kill you or something, you know. But that, but that, but now is is uh is Tom Brady gonna do like Dolph Lundgren and go and go do the Masters of the Universe movie? I don't know if you saw that movie. I I did not see that movie. Um, <laughs> you, you trust me, you don't want to see it. It's horrible. <laughs> but I I am interested to know now that it exists. Um, I I I don't. But like, it was a good it was a good like depiction. I think of I liked the meme, even though like Rocky's obviously like not a real person. But like it. But like I liked the meme because it was kind of like what we were facing. It's like you're 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 going into the Super Bowl. As a team that is an underdog that is was, uh, you know, uh, rated or however, you know, underdogs going into all the playoff games before the season even started, wasn't even like really supposed to make the playoffs, maybe. And now we are going in with our back well, quarterback. That. Well, see, well, I was going to say that I was laughing because I was the only one who said that they would make the playoffs. Really? Everybody, everybody, everybody's out. like, I did talk shit about, about certain players <laughs> and deservedly so because they were sticking up the joint. It's like it was like I was I was like I was wondering what the fuck we kept keeping uh, Nelson Aguilar. They was I like he's gonna break out. Just gonna say Aguilar. Like, he's gonna break out. He's gonna break out. I was like I hope so because y'all keeping him for nothing right now. Because he then, sucked uh, last year. He sucked. Yeah, yeah, he sucked. Yeah. And then uh, um, I talked because I before the before the season, and I told I ended up telling uh, Jason Kelsey way to bounce back because his previous two seasons was was horrible. Yeah. It was like I felt like he was he wasn't doing the things he did to get to actually even get in the. Uh, to actually get get in a Pro Bowl conversation, or to actually be be an All Pro, yeah. It's like in the in the Doug, the Doug thing. I I, I still, my jury was still out on Doug. I didn't think he was a horrible coach, but I but I knew this season would would, would be a telltale. Who knew he was going to take it all the way to the pinnacle and, and, and win the Super Bowl? I know. I still can't believe it. I I I mean, you know, and I'm I'm coming from a perspective of you know being born into this. 
um, into being just an say, Eagles fan. <laughs> just, just think of it coming from a perspective of playing with Doug. Yeah. <laughs> I played with Doug. Yeah, you did because he was he worked under Andy Reid during the time yeah. that you were an Eagle, right? Well, yeah, Doug, well, Doug was the first quarterback that Andy brought. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So what was it like playing this. with him? Doug was cool. Doug was cool. He was just like a, a guy who uh, he was he was just a, he was just a decent quarterback. He was he was and he was uh, he played a little bit. But I, I think I, I got to know him more now as a, as a head coach because I yeah because I seen him and we don't you know we don't I don't I'm not going to get to the practice or anything. Right. But I thought when, when we played when we when we played together, uh, I felt like he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, we don't think of him as a quarterback, you know. Like that's not what we have imprinted well, no, like, in our I minds. Feel like he, I feel like he, but I feel like he knew the, uh, knew the, knew the, you know, knew the uh, offenses game, and that's pretty much why he was there. Yeah, and I mean, he he was trained under Andy Reid, who was arguably before him. Um, you know, the most winningest coach, you know. But Andy was what the winningest coach was because some shit he did. It's like the thing he did was hire Jim Johnson. A lot of people, Jim Johnson, he, he was pretty much the glue for that team. If he, yeah. If he had hired Jim, you saw what happened when Jim left. Yeah. When Jim died. Oh, yeah. So it's like, my thing, my thing was, uh, he, he never, and Andy, he just, he was had his hand. And I think the thing that, that uh, Doug did learn from Andy was you can't have your hands in too many damn things. You can't be, you can't be a person that can't be in charge of personnel and, uh, and a head coach. Yeah. Because it's, it's a conflict of interest because you can't tell a, you can't tell a player that, uh, I can't do nothing about your contract. You're the fucking vice president. Yes, you can do something about my contract. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't tell them that I didn't say this. You can't tell them that I didn't say this because because my agent is telling me that you said it. Yeah, it's not the way. And, and you know what? And that's a good perspective too. And you're right because from just uh, you know the standpoint of a fan standpoint, after Jim Johnson, it's like we were known and proud of from a defensive standpoint is like the blitzing team and we had a lot of things that we did that we just stopped doing and the team started to sort of fall apart you know yeah yeah and then it, it was like once he once he did he tried to find sean mcdormand and put and then put uh uh juan casillas who was the offensive line coach in charge of defense but before doing that you hired the most racist defensive line coach <laughs> known to man, I can't think. I can't even think of the guy's name. He was he was horrible. He had the defensive line, uh, Jim Washburn. Mm, I remember he him. Confer, he, before you had your defense coordinator, you had a defensive line coach. It's ass backwards in country, and I'm not just talking about ABC. Yeah, no, it is. But you know, there was yeah, there was some definite issues, and I think you know we had the defensive part intact for a good part of his, you know, his career. Yeah. But put, put it this way. Donovan was the quarterback. We lost to Green Bay six to three. Yeah, I, you know I also had problems. But you know what with though? Brett, I also hold on, had a, hold on, hold on, hold on. With Brett, with Brett Favre as the with Brett Favre playing. Yeah, who he coached. Yeah. Yeah, it's no. You're right. I mean, that's a good no. way to sum it up, really. Yeah, because I, I was cracking up because it was like uh, I, I just crack up at the whole thing, and it's like a lot of a lot of people. My my mom actually called the show one time, uh, the morning show. And it was actually was actually about Andy Reid, and she was just saying he was a snake in the grass. My mom told us never to trust him. Told me never to trust him. And when I did, she's like, she's like, trust me, you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> and you, you know what? Hold on now. Getting, you know my food is here now. Oh no! Well, okay. <laughs> so your food's here, but I still need you to tell a baller story. Can, can you hold on one second while I grab it? I, I'll get it from the door and I, I'll finish. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay, we are back, and Hollis has, while well, Hollis uh, 
went to the door and talked to the delivery man, but he, he has so graciously <laughs> agreed to finish the podcast so, uh, before eating dinner. So I appreciate that. <laughs> No worries. It's a, I'm a, it's, you, you should be appreciative. I'm a big guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, because I did, I did say you could finish and call me back, but you know what? We'll just keep going because. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep going because if I, once I finish. That's it. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you know, you know that that Sandy gets that after dinner smoke. Yeah, you're gonna go into a food coma, and then you're just gonna, you know, you're gonna stop being interesting. I get it, and then my jokes yeah, won't work. So I'm a my times of reminisce about times past will be all about. I'll be full orientated. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll miss the whole meat of the conversation. That was a bad joke. <laughs> so I want to hear what was your like one of your like favorite parts about being an eagle like can you pinpoint like just your time there because i know you 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 finished your you went to a couple other teams after which isn't atypical you know um but but you're an eagle that's where you spent the majority of your career and that's how people think of you and obviously being a part of um wip sports radio now um and still being in the city and an active part of sports talk and stuff um so what 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 was uh what was like one of your one or two top favorite things or memories playing with the eagles Favorite top favorite things actually was a uh, was the first the first playoff victory as a as a player. I was a uh, we, we had just uh, I went through Ray Rose. We lost when I was when the playoffs were with Ray Rose. <clears throat> then uh, we went through a, a time where where the team was we we totally sucked. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> went that. Through, went through an era of was like uh, 90, 97, 98. right, and uh, ninety and ninety nine was which was Andy's first year. We kind of sucked, but in ninety nine. Towards the end of the season, that was a um, that was a season where um, we won like the last two or three games, and uh, so the next year, the next year coming up, yeah, I, I think the, the most memorable time was that next year coming up, we was playing the Dallas Cow Bitches, and uh, <laughs> we was down there and they was talking all kind of crap, and um, we uh, so we get there and we uh, they talking about it's gonna be a hundred some degrees on the. Uh, you know, on the, on the, on the, in a Texas Stadium National Turf and this and that. So we had, they had developed, not developed, but they had heard about drinking pickle juice to stop from cramping. So we were out there drinking pickle juice. The first, the first play of the game, we knocked the shit out of Troy Aikman, chump ass, and we, we just, we, we just explode on, onto the, onto the, on, onto the scene. And we beat them 41 to 14. I remember that. <laughs> and so, and so when, uh, later on in the season, you know, we headed to the playoffs. And Troy, by this time, Troy Aikman has retired, and he's in the booth now. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and so the son of a bitch says that our defense wasn't that good. I was like, didn't we just sack your ass and, and put you in retirement? Yeah. In the first game of the season, and that and that's, that just that just made it. This just made me hate the cowgirls even more. But it's like, but that if you think if that was like the uh, point where I knew I had arrived as a football player, yeah. as football as a, as a football player in the National Football League. But we we're, we're playing, and we're, we're actually playing in the playoffs, and everybody's talking about us. I didn't know when I, I didn't know what time I the the time the, the thing other thing was that I didn't know what time the game started. Whether I was playing on Sunday or Monday, because oh, back then it was a privilege to play on Monday night because the whole neighborhood was watching. Right. The shit that they do, the shit that they doing now, will let everybody play on Thursday and Monday. Is why the is why the product is stinging up the joint because nobody wants to see uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville now used to be the Cleveland Browns and who who else is a bad team? Uh, Cleveland Browns and Dolphins, and the Indianapolis Colts play on Thursday night or, or Monday night football. Nobody wants to see that crap. No, I know. Yeah, that <laughs> is like back, that is a problem that I have with it. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, but back then you had to earn your way on the prime time. Back then, if you was getting your ass kicked the previous year, you knew if, if when you looked at the schedule for next year, each and every one of your games was at noon or one o'clock. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And so that that's that, that was the, that was my, my 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 favorite part of what was arriving there because I knew I knew the, the rest of my time in the NFL was going to be awesome, especially the way the fans received us when we won that first playoff game. It was awesome. Now, and I love that story too because you know obviously we have a deep hatred for the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia. In fact, one episode I did um, a whole a whole uh, segment about how Dak is whack. And we just came up with like Rodney Dangerfield, like one liners, um, just like smacking Dak. And but like it's just so easy and so fun because there's so many reasons to to hate the Cowboys. It's not even just like an NFC East thing. It's just like it's just well, I think, well the main reason to hate the Cowboys is it's just because I don't know if you heard if you get a chance to look up what Charles Haley was calling a bunch of guys who think they had, think they had arrived. They they're living off somebody else's legacy. Yeah. None of the guys on the team. None of the guys on the team now. No, they don't. They they haven't won. They haven't won a damn thing. They kissed Tony Romo's ass, and he's got two playoff fucking victories. Oh, don't even get me started. I have talked about this so many times. <clears throat> two playoff victories in uh in and they have they've gone to the the playoffs six times in the in this century, from two thousand yeah. to two thousand eighteen. They have gone to the playoffs six times, and they've only won two <laughs> games. And it's it's ridiculous. So I don't understand why people are still riding the Cowboys. And I'm like, you know, people start need to start riding the Eagles now. Okay, like yeah, and then, cause I was just I was today I was uh I had it out with the with a couple of bank tellers. Once once she's like, yeah, I got y'all a little title. I was like, have y'all got a title this century? She's like, but we got. Some. I was like, you got some from last century. I do know that. Now give me my money. Thank <laughs> <laughs> like, you, my money, bitch. No, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> that would mic drop. That's a baller story right there. Now, now, in, in terms of baller stories, because I want you to get to your barbecue. Because again, I don't want to stand too long between you and your food before you start hating me. Um, I, 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 I want vocabulary. Is there a, so we I have every guest tell a baller story um, mm-hmm. on the podcast and a baller story is like you know just something cool like your first like one of mine which is probably not the same caliber as yours but like the 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 I always talk about it when I knew I was an Eagles fan and it wasn't just because I was like had to be because I came from one of those families you know um, was when I was sitting on my dad's lap in Veteran Stadium it was so cold. And uh, we were, he was so cheap that he had me sit on his lap, even though I was like six. I could have had my own seat. And I remember seeing Randall Cunningham play, and I was so, so enthralled by like his style because you just didn't see a lot of that style at the time. And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, like, I was so bought into the team. I had a moment, and I was never going to look back on being an Eagles fan. And that's like a baller moment of like my emotional connection to the Eagles, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my story, but also a baller story could just be like, I did something real cool cool and this is what it was but what's something like that for you a ball a baller moment i thought you were talking about like when the guy who uh who uh built the the win hotel invited me out and gave me a suite and i, I went to the manny pacquiao manny pacquiao um not manny pacquiao but the uh, de la hoya floyd mayweather uh, fight and was sitting like right there close that is a baller story too <laughs> well, <it> was, it <laughs> because like, you were balling yeah. you know you were balling. Well, i was balling and then, but then also then, then, they, then they invited me down um at the time, I was I was talking to uh, who was it? Uh, Elise Neal. Mm-hmm. She was a she was she's a good friend of mine. She invited me out to the, to the uh, Billboard Music Awards uh, when they were out in it was the VMA or the Billboard Music Awards in Vegas, and I was playing with the Saints at the time. 
<laughs> so it was like I was I, I went out there and I was a ball was out of control. With uh, <laughs> had the limo taking me to the limo taking me up to the clubs and stuff. Walking, you know, walking straight straight to the front of the line, going straight in. Those are those are the ball stories that I that I have. All the um, all the going to all the uh, the All Star weekends, just straight. And it was like I was uh, a lot of people thought some people thought that I was uh, trying to be trying to be, trying to uh, money flash. But I always had a limo every time I went to out to a party. Uh, party is not. It was like no, I didn't want to. I had a lot to lose. I didn't want to. I didn't want to drive drunk home, and I knew I was about to go ham. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you. Those are definitely baller stories. I mean, those are the best baller stories, and probably some of the best memories. And so, and so, I think you actually did tell a couple of them because one of them is like a connection, your connection to like you as a player for the Eagles, and that's what you just kind of talked about it when you played the Cowboys and you knew that you had arrived as a player and probably everything changed for you. And it probably helped your mentality without putting words in your mouth. I have to think when you kind of uh, came to that. realization. Oh yeah, that, well, well that, 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 that gave me my, more of my detest for the Cowboys, but it's like that, that was the moment. That was the moment I felt like I had, I have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think between that and just like, you know, pouring Cristal on your head in a limo, that just, that those are all baller stories. And I will accept yeah, that. There's, there's some stuff <laughs> happened in the limo. Some stuff happened to, in the limo that was standing Stays in the limo. <laughs> I get it. That's for a whole different kind of podcast. That's for the wing bowl. Okay. And well, it wasn't for the wing bowl because it was, it was a magical moment, I feel, for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Hollis, I really, really appreciate having you on. This has been so fun and just getting your perspective on Philly, hearing a little bit about your background and just some of the cool things. And, and you're such a celebrated player, um, it, you know, that I remember watching as a kid. Um, not that I'm, like, that much younger than you, but, like, I was – you know, I'm younger than you. <laughs> because, you was in high school, no. I was in high school. I wasn't even in high school when you started playing, but I Wait a um, yeah, yeah. I even ask you that's so Yeah, but you know what? But but as a fan, as just like a straight fan, like for me, this podcast is really fun because it's just it's just like my livelihood at being, you know, from Philly and being well, technically I'm from South Jersey, but being a, you know, a hardcore Philadelphia sports fan. So I really appreciate having you on and I would love um to have you back again sometime in the future and I also want to make sure that people are following you on social medias if they're not already. And so, um, one of the first curse word, you, cuss word you said was motherfucker. And I think it's yeah. very, very um, uh, on point <laughs> because your Instagram handle is cool mf, which stands for yeah, cool, motherfucker. cool motherfucker. But it's yeah. cool spelled K E W L, right? Correct. And uh, if you if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's the real tank seventy eight D A real tank seventy eight. On, uh, on Twitter. Awesome. Well, and I'll tag you in all the things. So I want to okay. thank everybody for listening and um, all the support and even the people that listen that aren't uh, from Philly or Philadelphia fans have been very loyal and love hearing all the Philly stuff. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast. Keep rating and reviewing us on iTunes. And Hollis, thank you again so much. We're going to let you get to your barbecue. Um, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. And you have a great night. Go Birds. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.